Welcome back to The Observation. I'm currently in Miami for Art Basel. Um, before I get to that, I almost died last week. And uh, just there's something going around. I'm actually concerned for people because I'm very healthy from, you know, relatively healthy. Um, and I got very, very sick after my birthday weekend. Um, I said it kind of on the last show. I was coming down with something. And I had like a 103 temperature that would not break. I will spare you some of the other details, but it was like the worst sickness I've ever had. And I've had COVID twice. Um, and it just was like, I, I can't explain how painful it was, but I was crying and I couldn't spend Thanksgiving with my family or anyone because I didn't want to get anyone sick with whatever I had. It wasn't the flu. It wasn't COVID. So people people are also saying that RSV is going around. Um, they they think it was potentially the norovirus. But to this to get to the story about how I almost died, basically, I decided I'm not going to Thanksgiving. I spent my whole Thanksgiving alone in my apartment, kind of very sad. And it just, it's so awful being sick. It's awful being alone on a, during a holiday by yourself. And all of that was like just so shitty. But my good friend Casey Craig was like, come to my family's Thanksgiving. Like, you know, you don't have to be, you know, around anybody. And like, no one is worried about getting sick. And so I was like, okay, I'll come. I'll show up for a little bit. I went out to Connecticut uh, in Fairfield and showed up at her house got a plate. It was so nice. Her parents are so, so sweet to have me out there. I had a plate, sat down, um, kind of away from everyone and then went to sleep for like 14 hours, felt okay the next day. But then the following day I woke up at 5am with the worst chills I've ever had. Um, there was nothing I could do to break my fever. I couldn't, it was just awful. So my friend Sarah in Arizona, who's a nurse, was like, get an IV. You need to get hydrated. You know, you have no, like, any liquid in your body. You basically need to be replenished. So I hire this IV nurse who can only make it out until, like, 8 o'clock. And so I wait all day for this IV nurse to show up. She finally shows up at 8, but, like, I, on the way to go get the door, pass out on the ground. And I can, like, see the phone like, I have the phones, like, on the ground, like, four feet from me. And it felt like that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where he, like, does all the quaaludes. And he's, like, trying to get out of the car and, like, he can't do anything. It felt like that. And so I was trying to get the strength to get the door. I finally get to the door. The woman comes in and she's basically like, I can't render a procedure on you. You're, you look awful. Like, I can't basically watch you and see how you stabilize and all this stuff. And I'm just so upset at this point because all I wanted was to feel better and want someone to help me. And she's like, I have to call 911. And I was like, oh, shit, because I don't have health insurance. And that's not because I don't think health insurance is important. But as I switched to becoming like a content creator, I got two different types of insurance. And both of them were not the right policies that I wanted. And so I got out of both of them. And then I kept shopping around. And then I like have not done it. I'm, and I'm that case. It's like, oh, I'm not going to get sick during this time. And of course I get sick and I actually do need health insurance. So she calls the paramedics and I'm like, okay, if they don't say that I don't have to go to the hospital, then I won't go. So the paramedics get there. They hook all these things up to my heart. They check my blood pressure, my blood sugar, all these different things. And 
they basically like your body's going into septic shock, um, which apparently is when your blood pressure goes really, really low, dangerously low, where you could die. And the paramedic said that right in front of me. He's like, you could die. We got to get you into the ambulance. And I'm like, oh, shit. Um, I guess I got to go. And those ambulance rides are expensive sometimes. And I was like, are you sure someone can't drive me? That's how fucked the American like health care system is. You're like near death and you're like, uh, but can we save a little bit of money on the on getting to the hospital? But anyways, they wouldn't let me. So I get into the ho- I get into like like the stretcher, I guess, that wheels you into the ambulance. Um, and he's trying to get a vein in my arm and this like left arm and there I'm so dehydrated that he can't see any veins and he keeps poking me and like the the ambulance is like going over like a rocky road I'm like this is hell and he still can't get a vein and he's trying to distract me with what I do for work and I'm like yeah that's a podcast sponsored by cash app I also consult in the crypto space he's like oh crypto I heard about that last week have you heard of FTX and I was like oh my God, I wish I was recording it just for the podcast to show it. I was like, this is a personal hell. I cannot believe this is happening. If this is how I go out, I almost die in this ambulance. And the last things I hear are, have you heard of FTX? I swear to God, like that is the, that is, that is the worst. This is the final, this is my way of going out. I, I like, I, I was ready for that to be my last memory, but Thank God it wasn't. We get to the hospital and they hit me with like five bags of um, liquids and the, my heart, my, my blood pressure still would not come back up. So then they send the ICU in and they were trying to figure out if they had to like basically do something to, to get it back up. Um, they gave me potassium and magnesium, all these different things. And now I have almost made a full recovery I'm, pr- I'm like 90% back I'm pretty exhausted um, but the lesson there is get health insurance number one number two um, I don't know like generally like I am healthy but I think everyone should wash their hands and stay inside during this time there, there's a lot of shit going around and you I would do anything like to go back and never get that sickness. I don't know how I got it. I think my brother gave it to me, but um, just stay safe out there. Um, You know, it's money, not a huge hospital bill, which I'm sure I'll be getting from the lovely hospital in Bridgeport, Connecticut that I was sent to. Um, But what is money is staying alive and being alive and your health. So, you know, be grateful for that because it really is scary how close you are to just slipping away. I'm not, I'm not trying to be morbid. I know I've been doing this like every podcast of like, we're all going to die one day, but we all are going to die one day. And that could have been my day. It wasn't. My new motto is be hard to kill. Like Bitcoin and other things. You know, you can't take me out. I'll die, but not today, you know? And now I'm in Miami for Art Basel. So couldn't take me out this time. Um... <laughs> But anyway, time for the ad read. So the observation is powered by Cash App. When personal finance meets your funds and the stuff that matters, that's money, that's Cash App. And I'm here at Art Basel because Cash App is sponsoring a few little activations. We're going to a golf course for a little golf tournament, um, which will be really, really fun. So I'm excited to do that later. Um, Going to be taking it easy, though, um, as per 
that last story that I shared, but um, basically I think Cash App's giving away some Bitcoin for some of the people playing, so we'll go do some, you know, like man on the street stuff and we'll put it up on our socials, which will be really fun. Also, when you use code Aubrey, you'll get $15 in free money when you sign up, so use my code. Um, okay, Art Basel, what is it? Um, for people who aren't a billionaire and associated with the art community or don't work in tech and art, Art Basel's kind of a foreign thing, and it honestly was not very popular until a few years ago for the tech space. But you know tech, they like to just get involved with everything. Um, so a lot of crypto people come down here, but Art Basel itself, the main sort of showing is in Paris uh, or like somewhere in Europe, um, and then their U.S. show is in Miami every year. And last year was like a crazy party time for uh, Art Basel. It's a little bit more tame this year, I think everyone's chilled out a little bit on the NFTs. Um, I have gone to very limited events as, you know, I'm kind of recovering. I went to Meta's um, lunch, which was very nice um, for them to have me and met with a lot of different creators and artists in the space. It's interesting, the sentiment from artists and the NFT side is so much more positive right now compared to everyone on the crypto side who is still you know, fixated on basically the FTX collapse, um, which is so nice because the artist creator side is not, they don't care about the financial side of things, which I think artists have always been that way, right? They're just starving artists. So it's kind of nice. I mean, the the higher luxury art world is a little bit different, but it, it is cool to see that this industry isn't completely dead. Um... And it's just cool to see different creators and artists still try to make something of themselves during this time. So it's like people who are actually in it to be innovative are here this year round compared to last year, which was just chaos and everyone FOMOing in. Um, so we're going to do like the biggest winners and losers. Um, the biggest winner of Art Basel this year has to be NFT Now. They are ba- If you don't know of NFT Now... Um, it's a super, super cool media company who basically aggregates the best top NFT news in this space. You should go follow them. We'll put the links in the description. It's run by my good friend Matt Medved um, and Alejandro. Um, and they are blocking off an entire street during Art Basel, which is super cool. Um, and kind of putting their efforts towards community, which is great to see and it's, it's, it's a cool activation uh, I love when people are creative with what they do during a conference or an event like this so shout out to NFT now for that the biggest losers are the nightclubs if we're being honest so like if you're, if you're aware of the Miami going out scene which is really just like the Atlantic City what Atlantic City used to be back in the 70s to 90s in it's golden era is what Miami is today um it's also like the Australia. I was thinking like Florida is like the Australia of America in some ways. It's just totally unhinged down here. They do whatever they want um, in terms of how the people are, not how the government is. But the biggest losers are Miami Nightclub 11 was processing an average of around $660,000 in crypto because they accepted crypto a month in uh, transactions. Now... It processes around 3K a month in crypto, a 99.5% drop. I'm going to sh- I'm gonna say this is Gainsey's fault. I think Gainsey was supplying all of this. Is he not in Miami anymore? Gainsey's like this, if you're not 
aware of this crypto influencer that was down in Miami partying most of uh, the last bull market. But yeah, that's tough. That's a tough drop. Nobody. It's kind of. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't even know if they're still accepting payments in crypto. So I don't usually talk about my dating life on my podcast um, because I try to keep my personal life private. But uh, a viral TikTok went out this week about this time that I met someone uh, named Tyler Cameron uh, when I was walking home one day. Date this, this past, past week, weekend, right? And, and cool girl. Like, um, and like we're, we're so cool. cool. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll let y'all dissect this one. one. I'm kind of following her. And, and she, she lives close, close to the area, area so. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of like followed her to the front gate of where she lives. <laughs> and, uh... I know Cameron from The Bachelorette followed me home. Basically, this is my side of the story. So what happened was, was I had a friend's birthday party, which um, was really fun. It was up in Central Park. Had a little bit of champagne. Um, it was like a midsummer themed party and we were all wearing these beautiful flower crowns and we had like such a great time ate cheese in central park which is my favorite thing eating cheese cheese boards they're so great so had a great time uh she was gonna go to dinner after that so we cleaned up and i went home and i get out of my car and i realize i don't have my keys and which i later did find them so this sucks because I really just had to change all my locks for no reason at all. So I can't find my keys. Um, and so I'm like, okay, well, I can't get into my apartment immediately. I'm, I need to go to the bathroom. Um, so I'm going to go to the restaurant next door to my house. So I can't get into my house. So I go over to Waverly Inn and I'm like, I'm going to use the restroom because I can't get into my place. Um, but then Tyler follows me into Waverly Inn. Um, he's sitting on the outside area, I suppose, and I'm going into the inside of the restaurant. And I go to the bathroom, and he follows me in there, not into the bathroom, but, like, into the hallway area, and is like, hi. And I'm like, hi. And I go to the restroom. All these girls were, like, fangirling, freaking out. I was still, honestly, a little tipsy, and I was, like, I was fo- focused on my key situation, which was just, like, a disaster. Um because I don't, I, I, I don't live in a building where I can just contact somebody to get me new keys. And my uh, roommate was out of town, so I was pretty fucked. And, and so, you know, to deal with that, I was like, do I go to the bar to just drink more and wait for this locksmith to show up? But the bar was full, so then I'm like, okay, I'll just walk back to my house. So I walk down the street, and all of a sudden I see someone, like, run behind me. And... Uh, I wasn't too concerned because there's a lot of people in the street. Then I turn around and it's Tyler Cameron. And he's like, hi, I'm Tyler. I just wanted to come over and say hello to you. Um, Which was kind of an odd thing, to be honest. But the the way he tells the story in his podcast is funny. Like, that he he basically, like, came up behind me and then that's really scary to do. It kind of is scary to do to someone. I've never been, like, chased down on a street outside my house. Um, but basically, you know, just introduced himself and asked for my number and then was like, let's go get drinks later. Um, and because I was locked out of my house, I was like, yeah, I could be down, but I, I need to wait for this locksmith to get here. Anyway, he basically doesn't text me back 
And I'm like, okay, well, we can't get drinks anyway. You've, you've not responded. And um, the locksmith finally comes. I finally get in my apartment. I'm happy. I kind of just forget about the whole Tyler Cameron thing because I, I, not that I didn't care. I just, it's not, it didn't seem like that crazy to me. Um, while everyone's like freaking out about this TikTok. Um, so then he met, so there's like, you know, that dating app Riot. I guess like we had en- ended up matching on that. Um, and we must have like, I don't even know when I ever came across him either, but I was like, wait, we matched on this app? Um, and he was, he starts to talk to me and I'm like, Tyler, you remember me, right? You came up to me outside my house and he was like, oh yeah, let's go out on a date sometime. Yeah. So then he was in New York and said, let's go out on a date. Um, so we go out on a date to an erotic acrobat show, um, on 48th street or something like that, which we knew was going to be probably bad. And I was with him and a bunch of his friends. Um, so we watched the show. It's their opening night, so they're just getting all the kinks out. You know, have you ever been to a show where, like, it's their first night? Um, and not only that, it's just, it's an interesting, like, kind of bizarre situation. They're serving us these random, like, Hawaiian rolls with, like, sliders. Um, just, like, interesting food. They had just painted something, and I got my my purse in it, and it had gotten my dress like messed up I was wearing a black dress and I got paint on myself um and I'm like we're and I'm getting a little tipsy I'm like where did this paint come from we go to this next restaurant with all of his friends I realize I'm like a little too tipsy at cathedral um in New York and they're like roasting me about crypto stuff and in his podcast he he keeps saying like she was telling everyone to hodl I probably was trying telling everyone to hodl mostly bitcoin but I don't know what other financial advice I gave out. But they were they were trying to, like, make jokes, too, and NFT jokes. And it wasn't that I was mad about the crypto jokes. They just weren't very good. Like, the NFT jokes weren't good. Do you know what I mean? Someone made a joke, and it's just, like, it's not that it's not a good joke. It doesn't make sense because they don't get crypto. Because there's a lot of good jokes being made in this space, but not the ones that they were making. Anyway... Everything's good. It's a weird story. I think that's it. Talk about other weird stories. Um, SPF is on a press tour right now for reasons I don't know. Um, because he, the last thing I would want to do if I stole $10 billion from retail would be going on a press tour um, and speaking on panels, which is what he's doing. So Back in the day when Bernie Madoff stole $20 billion from investors, he was treated like a criminal in public. He was shunned, um, heckled, all those things. When SBF lost $10 billion for investors, he's applauded, applauded, like we'll put the clip up, in a conversation and because he showed his face. I don't know what is up with our generation or what we see as noble, but this is not it. Um, and so, yeah, he, he basically got a, a round of applause from the audience. Um, some takeaways, I watched some of the clips, um, not just of the panel with the New York Times, but he also was on Good Morning America. And the questions that I have about like it's just been so long to digest what exactly happened here but in in terms of the relationship between Alameda and FTX 
what were the lawyers doing during this time? Like, how did they not see this or see this happening and not say something? And I just think there should be a lot of lawyers that are either disbarred or disbanded from practicing law ever again, because there's a lot of other people who are at fault. Let's grant the fact that SBF knew what was going on, or didn't, sorry, didn't know what was going on. There are still a lot of other people that then should have been knowing what was going on and reporting it back to somebody. Like, if everyone was just allowing this to happen, it's just, it's crazy. Um, Sam also said that he got content after basically the crypto bull run and said he felt like he made it. So he wasn't worried about risk. Um, And that seems like something I've seen happen in this space with friends, with different people that get really, really like a a big ego because you, you grow so fast that you do respond in a different sort of way and you feel like you made it and you feel like you're on top of the world or you feel like you've made a bunch of money and maybe you're not, you don't have like fame or power, but you've made a lot of money for yourself. Um, and that can feel like you, you made it until you didn't and it's completely rugged. But um, Sam also said like he's had a, a really bad month. Like I have no pity for that. You know, there's a lot of other people who their entire net worth is depleted because of him. Also... Sam and I are the same age, um, but now I'm more wealthy than Sam because he's just down to $100,000 now, apparently. Allegedly. I doubt that, though. Do you think, I think he has money somewhere. Some offshore wallet somewhere, Switzerland. Well, he, has, he owns all that real estate still. So actually, technically, no. Sam's still up. Damn it. Um... But if we're talking about liquid assets. <laughs> um, okay, what else is happening? Um, Twitter versus Apple. So Elon Musk went to Apple headquarters to talk to Tim Cook because allegedly uh, there was rumors circulating that Apple was going to get rid of Twitter from the App Store, which would have been obviously a massive problem. It's one of the biggest um, apps that allow free speech. And if Apple would strip that, it would have caused a huge problem for Elon and for other people. So uh, they had a a meeting. Um, Now everything's all Gucci. They've they've become friends. Tim Cook has now followed Elon on Twitter. Tech bros being boys. We love to see it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and that's our show. I'm going to go to the Cash Up event, try to stay alive. You also stay alive out there. Good luck and Godspeed from Miami.